calls. Sell Krispy Kreme donuts. Call Spartanburg and Anderson Krispy Kremes. I'm a donut nut. I'm a donut nut. I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. We're your sports psychologists. Taking your calls on the Vibe Broadband phone lines all day. You're listening to 105.5 and 97.5, The Roar. Touchdown. Where every day is game day. I can't wait to get you on for good looking. Hour number two, Out of Bounds. William Pogginbush, Mike Vaughn. You know, a text from the 864 says this. You're exactly right. Because of the situation, both fan bases are more nervous about losing than excited about winning. I kind of think that's a good way of putting it. Again, South Carolina thinks they should roll Clemson, except for this Gamecock fan. And maybe they're more like this. Text from the 864 says, I'm a Gamecock fan. I'm not optimistic at all. All I know is Clemson sucks this year. They've already shown that. Not sure about South Carolina yet. That's the difference. Here's the thing. You're not sure about South Carolina, but you are sure about Clemson? Because, like, they played the same number of games. You realize South Carolina, in fact, they haven't. South Carolina's played one more game than Clemson has. So we should have a better idea of who South Carolina is than Clemson. But you're sure Clemson's not very good? You sure about that? Are you sure Clemson hasn't played a regional team on the weekend? Tied through six innings in all three games? Weird Friday game with two rain delays and a finish the next day where... The other team had two guys on base and nobody out. I mean, those are not insignificant things, and I want to get to that later, but I don't think you can say, well, we know about Clemson through eight games, even though there's 48 games to play, but we don't know about South Carolina yet. My point is we don't really know about either one of these teams yet. And people are acting like we know Clemson's not going to play well, even though I think Clemson's played fine in a lot of areas. They played well enough of the time, doing enough things that I feel like there should be a fair degree of confidence they're going to play well this weekend. And South Carolina has played well enough that you should feel the same way, but the level of competition with Clemson and South Carolina is is gargantuan. The gap is gargantuan. It's huge. Let's go to Will Vandevoort for more on this. Uh, check him out. He does great work. As always, you can see his work at, uh, at uh, Steeler Will on Twitter and allclemsontigers.com and the Believe Podcast Network. Willie V, what's up, man? What's up, Quark? How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. I'm excited to get uh, to some baseball with you uh, on the weekend. First, though, we do have some breaking news on that. Uh, by the way, I meant to say this in the first hour. Clemson softball will not play today. They will have a doubleheader tomorrow. Um, so check ClemsonTigers.com for updates there, but they're just they're not even going to play today. Um, Clemson baseball, uh, their game against South Carolina now going to begin at 7.30 tonight. So uh, they have pushed that start time back 90 minutes. So if you were thinking maybe there's going to be a a flat cancellation, they're not going to do that. They're going to wait for some of the severe weather to leave the area, and then they will play at 7.30 tonight. So, again, want to make sure everybody gets that. All the people that called and asked John off the air in the first hour. When is the game being played? Now we know. The game's uh, starting at 7.30 at least as scheduled. Uh, Willie V, that's that's good news. Give me uh, just your overall sense of – like the the storylines and the things to watch in this series right now? Well, first of all, you're dead on on saying that we don't know what either team is right now because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Clemson 14-0 and to start the season last year? And, and how did that finish? I mean, that that's yeah. all you need to know, that it's too early in the season to make uh, 
grand uh, notions about either team right now. Uh, what we do know is what they have done to this point. Clemson's four and four, and South Carolina is nine and zero, um, and and that is what it is right now. And then you know we we go into this weekend and see see what happens when these two play head to head. But even after this weekend, we're still not going to really know anything about either one of these teams because we both teams are you know like you mentioned, South Carolina hasn't really been tested yet. We don't know really what we got with Clemson. We, Feel like you feel like they've been tested. They played some tough games, considering you know they played Central Florida, who was a definitely a regional team this year. Not just like they were last year, but I feel like they're a pretty doggone good baseball team. Um, you know, um, now there's some other things we can talk about, but that has nothing to do with the game of baseball, does it? And uh, so um, <laughs> you know, so so, but you know, so I think you get you get an idea that Clemson you know, maybe has played a little bit tougher schedule, but that doesn't tell you really who Clemson is yet. And being that South Carolina hasn't played a tough schedule doesn't tell you who South Carolina is yet. And it, and this weekend won't tell us that either because, you know, these two teams, nobody's saying either one of these teams coming to the season we're going to be, you know, College World Series contenders. And um, that doesn't mean one or both won't be by the time it's all said and done. It's just right now. We just don't have that kind of idea because there's so much up in the air of both teams. So what I'm looking for this week is, A, with um, Ammons not going to pitch, what does Clemson do? Um, how does Clemson use his pitching staff this weekend? Um, they're going to be down one pitcher, and they've already had some issues with pitching during the season already to this point where they haven't had consistency. So I kind of want to see how that's going to go, especially who's coming out of the bullpen first and all those things. And, um uh, from a hitting standpoint, you know, does Clemson – it's not really hitting as much as running the base pads better and playing smarter, if you will, right, Walk? And I think that's some of what you're talking about. And then um, also um, not pressing in key situations. That's one thing you can say about this Clemson team that I am sure of right now is in key situations they're pressing, and that's what's causing some of the errors that we've seen and things of that nature. And that's things you can correct – and experience comes into play ultimately when those things start happening. So the more they get in those situations, the more comfortable they're going to feel, and those things will correct themselves. So want to see if those those kind of errors we saw last week against Central Florida, in which were all three close games, by the way, and I think that's to your point. I know people see the last the final score of the last two games, but they were close games, six to six, two outs, top of the seventh. And a, and a two-out throwing error, um, you know, is what cost Clemson in, in that inning and cost Clemson the game, ultimately. And then the same the same kind of thing has been said for what happened in game two. Again, another tight game, and, you know, late in the late inning, they, they have another error that allows unearned runs to happen, and, and Central Florida wins the game. So it's not like Clemson got blown off the doors where their pitching just was horrible all the way through, and, and they just weren't, you know uh, – you know, making hits or anything like that or scoring runs. They just really kind of mucked it up, if you want to want to say it the right way. Um, and they cost themselves. Clemson beat Clemson in two of those three games against Central Florida last week. Well, and I would even say, you know, against USC Upstate, uh, you get right to the end of the game and, you you know, you get a four spot uh, right there in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the fourth inning. And, you know, you didn't commit any errors, but it was more like, it was literally one – it was one pitcher. It was one outing was the difference in the game that you put one guy in a game that faced five batters and didn't get anybody out. 
Two of the three games against Central Florida, you you mentioned Clemson, uh, Clemson beating itself a little bit. And I agree with you. The the big innings were aided by pitcher errors. I mean, I'm looking at this right now going, okay, Clemson's got nine errors. Three of those are E1s, and two of those three E1s were in catastrophic big innings in games that Clemson otherwise was very competitive in and maybe had a chance to win. To me, that's a little bit concerning because it goes beyond just throwing strikes and executing pitches. Now the book on Clemson is you lay down a bunt, that pitcher's not going to be able to field his position. That puts a whole new level of stress on the defense. That's just what I'm seeing. Do you think I'm on to something there? No, I think you're exactly on to something. And the good news for Clemson this weekend is South Carolina's not a bunny team. So, uh, true. You know, uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they want to hit for power, and, you know, they're, they're a lot like Clemson was last year. Uh, so, you know, I'm not saying they won't lay down maybe a bunt or two here or there, but they're not going to do like Central Florida did where they were like understanding and scouting the situation. They, they laid down some bunts that, to see if, how Clemson would respond, and, and Clemson didn't respond very well at all, right? And so um, – but I think you're onto something as the season progresses because they are going to see teams that'll do that, such as the Louisville, right? I mean, that's what they do. They're known for playing small ball. And, um, you know, so they're going to have to get better at that. But I don't think it will be that big of an issue in this series just because of the style of play uh, the Gamecocks have at the plate and their approach at the plate. Visiting with Will Vandevoort. He's at Steeler Will on Twitter. Check him out, the Believe Podcast Network and allclemsontigers.com. Do you want to do you want to talk about uh, what you wrote about UCF and running down the hill and disrespecting Clemson? Uh, any, I know uh, social yeah. media was uh, was not nice to you. Yeah, and that's fine, you know, because you know anybody who knows anything about how social media works, those are the uh, they're not the majority. Uh, the, the the loud ones are generally the minority and how you think and stuff, and um, they were. Um, I would say probably most of them didn't even read. I know for a fact they didn't read by the comments they had. They didn't read my column because, quote, having issues with Central Florida running down the hill, but what I was, point I was making in that article, so if somebody would have just clicked on it, including the, Clemson, the few Clemson fans that also came at me, um, if you just go click on the column and actually read it, you'd understand that I said I had no issue with them running down the hill. But what I want you to do is to go back and watch that video again and see what the young man's doing at the top of the hill before he runs down. Then I want you to go and watch at the bottom of the hill what they do at the bottom of the hill. Uh, did They did their home run celebration afterwards. It was a uh, total situation where it wasn't about running down the hill. It was about Florida. It was about, look at us, look what we did. We're going to troll you now. We're going to taunt you, Clemson. That's what that was. from the, And it's not the running down the hill part. It's what they did at the top of the hill and then what they did at the bottom of the hill. Because if you're, just, if you're a fan of the game of football like I am and like you are, Quark, and like a lot of people out there who have gone to many other opponents' stadiums throughout their years, right, and, and have experienced it and witnessed uh, what these guys, other teams do in their traditions, you honor that tradition. You, you go if you get the, If you get the pleasure – to actually experience the tradition, you honor it and you like understand for what it means. You don't go and make fun of it, which is what Central Florida did. And that's why, especially when you consider Quark, and I put in the column, Clemson opened up their doors to University of Central Florida administrators last week. 
They showed them around uh, the campus. They showed them how they run a Power 5 athletic department considering Central Florida is going to the Big 12, and they were curious about, you know, what's another – they wanted to get another idea from another school on how to do things as a Power 5 school. Clemson and, and Graham Neff and his department was very gracious about that and showed them the tour, showed them, you know, put them on a tour of all the facilities, including the baseball facility. And that's how you treat them. That's just to me was uncalled for. It was, and that's why I said they, the baseball coach owes Clemson athletics an apology for the way his team acted. And then I, then I catch word that, uh, and I didn't put it in the story because it came after that, but I, but I catch word that they were also during all three games from what I was told all during all three games, when Clemson was doing its alma mater, they were doing a chant during the time trying to overpower the alma mater with the players and the and Clemson University was doing its alma mater, which I heard was led by the head coach himself in doing it. So um, there's some uh, – with the baseball program, the University of Central Florida needs to get a hold of their head coach and have to sit down and talk with them about how he and his players act. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I, I thought that was the, the best part of your column where you basically talked about how gracious that – Clemson was and how UCF probably didn't steward that very well and uh that that's the part that kind of got lost in the whole deal I agree but uh I'm glad you got to address that here on Out of Bounds he is Will Vandervoort from the Believe Podcast Network and allclemsontigers.com all right uh let's talk a little bit of basketball too uh must win because you can't lose it on Saturday for Notre Dame and uh, Clemson, That's a great way to say it, yeah, I mean, it's a must win because you can't lose it. Uh, all of our conversations about how good your wins are go away if you have another bad loss, right? Yeah, especially when you're at home. And, and, and I mean, that, that would even compound it even more. I mean, it would be bad if they went to Notre Dame and were to lose. But to, if they were to lose at home, it's even the, – I can't even imagine what the metrics would be. You know, They might throw Clemson out of the NIT. If they, if they lose at home to Notre Dame. Yeah, this is this is a definite game they have to win, man. There's just no – it's one of those things, and I asked Brad last week, does it feel like you're in a playoff game every game now? And he's like, yeah, we are. Because, you know, the metrics are what they are, and nobody's doing Clemson any favors. And, um, you know, so they got to go out there and win, and that's the best way they're going to get in this tournament, the NCAA tournament, that is is they're going to have to keep winning and have to keep playing well. Now, they didn't win against Virginia, and they didn't ultimately play well to the point where if Clemson played better, they probably would have won that game the other night. But the fact that it was a close game and that they were uh, never out of it, I think is why Clemson went far too much in the net rankings. And so they're going to have to, I think, going forward, they're going to have to win – this game against Notre Dame, and then I think if they can get that number three seed, which they have the opportunity to do now, they can get that number three seed, then you play NC State. And I'm just saying, if you beat NC State a third time, okay, who the NCAA considers to be a tournament team, I mean the net rankings considers to be a tournament team, right? If Clemson and all these net ex- tournament, tournament people, experts, whatever you call them, um, bracketologists, if they all go. say NC State is a tournament team, right? And Clemson finishes third in the ACC. NC State finishes sixth. And Clemson beats them three times. There's no way you can take you can put NC State in that tournament and not put Clemson in. There's no way at that point. Really, there should be no way right now, even if they don't play again, because of where uh, because of what Clemson did to NC State during the season. 
So we'll see what happens. But if Clemson can get a win in the tournament and get to the, be a number three seed and then get into the semifinals, how can the NCAA Select Committee not take Clemson if that's the case? How can they not? That would be ridiculous, especially if they let a team like West Virginia in. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. I, I think uh, I think they prioritize the number of bites you take at the apple, whether the uh, rather than how much you bite off when you get those bites. Uh, if that makes sense, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. I I don't uh, I don't necessarily think that uh, I, I don't think the committee thinks like the bracketologist, but I I don't think it's all the way dissimilar, and so that's that's why Clemson folks have got to have got to kind of wait by the phone uh, for the next couple weeks and hope the Tigers win some more games. All right, real quick. Before we run out of time, uh, I know you got some big spring practice, uh, some big spring, uh, spring practice rollouts the next few days. What are you looking for early in spring practice from Clemson? Yeah, I'm gonna be watching as a lot of people are watch. You know what is what uh, what's it gonna look like? The offense gonna look like under Garrett. Um, you know um, Garrett Riley. What's what's it gonna look like? Uh, what how you know um, is there gonna be somebody stepping up at wide receiver? Um, does the defense look better? Do we see improvement? Because let's be honest, I thought the defense a, a, a lot last year did not live up to its expectations. Um, and so I want to see now in year two if Wes Goodwin and, and this defense take a step forward um, and get better um, and learn from the mistakes of last year. Um, and, you know, yes, you can see some of that in the spring. Not totally, but you can see some of it in the players' attitude and things of that nature. And so – We'll see how that all goes, um, but the main thing I think everybody's interested in is what Garrett Riley is going to do and what this what they're going to look like, and you know how fast is that tempo going to be, you know, and then how much is Cade Klubnick going to be able to absorb in the spring um, as he tries to get ready now as the full time starter um, in this new offense. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting spring. We got a lot coming on our website about it and uh, here in the next few days. And so, you know, please check it, check us out at allclinsontigers.com for that. Fantastic stuff. We encourage you to do that. Willie V, as always, we appreciate it, my man. Uh, we'll see you at the ballpark this weekend for sure. All right, man. I'll see you at 730. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Thanks, man. <laughs> Will, Will Vandevoort joining the program. We're late for a break. We'll come back. We'll go to the phones. We'll talk more Clemson baseball, basketball. We got some football news out to discuss as well. Stay with us. We've all been there, rushing to the restroom in a public place, and bam, you're hit with that out-of-order sign. Business owners know this story all too well. Don't let this be your patron's problem. Leave it to the plumbing experts. Timing is everything in the business world, and you don't want to lose business because your customers can't do theirs. Call the plumbing experts for maintenance or unexpected plumbing issues. They've got your back. Visit theplumbingexperts.com to schedule your next appointment. Buying a newer pre-owned vehicle can be a challenging task. The George Coleman Ford team strives to change that. Perhaps that's why their online reviews and multiple Ford President's Awards speak volumes. And with new inventory arriving monthly, you can find the vehicle you've been looking for or have George Coleman Ford order one for you. Never any hidden fees or phantom charges at George Coleman Ford. Plain and simple, old-fashioned, honest business. The best is found in Traveler's Rest. George Coleman Ford. Carolina Direct Furniture. Passing savings directly to their customers. Don't let Carolina Direct's warehouse fool you. It's stocked and ready for you. Bedroom, dining, sofas, rugs, lamps, mattresses, and more. 
They are a locally owned family store that operates with a low overhead to present you with the savings you deserve. Find them in Greer, where Pelham and Highway 14 connect, and they will connect you with the furniture and mattresses of your dreams. Check them out online at carolinadirect.com. Mention the Roar for an extra 5% discount. Race for the Green date is getting closer. It's March 11th. If you want to go ahead and sign up, you can do that. Sign up today while we still have some openings that guarantee you a T-shirt and a great swag bag. RunSignUp.com. We've got a fun run for the kids, 12 and under. Going to start at 8 o'clock. 5K starts right after that. You can walk that. And several people have said they want to walk the 5K. You can do that. Half marathon starts right after that. And remember, there's a four-hour time limit on that. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Julian Davis going to roll up and give away a great prize for the best dress St. Patrick's Day theme, music, live DJ, drawings for a beautiful emerald necklace from Bradley's Jewelers, great swag every year, trucker's hat, race shirt, sesquicentennial medal just for completing any of the races, cash prizes, you'll need to check the website for more information on that, great giveaways for placing in your age division. I'd like to thank some sponsors, Upstate Medical Associates, 313 Cafe, where we do the package pickup, and Santee Cooper. You want to know more, Seneca SC events or the website at www.sc.com. When the unexpected happens and you need legal advice on how to move forward, Nick Lavery Clemson's local attorney is here to help. Maybe you were hurt on the job or in a car accident, charged criminally, or need help with a residential real estate closing. Nick is a former state prosecutor, has been fighting for Tiger fans like you for over 20 years. Call 864-654-3680. 864-654-3680 or visit online at nicklaverylaw.com It's time to lighten up the mood and update your sock collection with Clemson Sock Shop. Our socks are conversation starters, make great gifts, and enhance any outfit. We have exclusive Clemson socks, socks with your favorite sports team, witty puns, and more. Do you love popcorn? How about 80s and 90s nostalgia? Spongebob? We have a sock for that and so much more. Shop local at Clemson Sock Shop Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays until 4 inside Newtique Boutique on Pendleton Square. Buy five, get one free. Clemson Sock Shop. It's fun fashion for your feet. It's a new year and I've got one piece of advice for you. If you're still belly aching about being fat, being tired, and not performing when it counts, you need to get up off that couch and book an appointment at Low Country Mail today. TRT plans start at $220 a month and include testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We offer weight loss plans, peptide plans, and IV therapy. Stop making excuses and take action. Lord knows the world doesn't need any more beta males. Make men men again. LowCountryMail.com. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Want a fast-paced sports talk show with lots of college football? I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Then keep up with Quawk and Ben on Out of Bounds. Weekdays, noon to 3, on 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Give me love, I feel it, I feel it, I feel like I ran through the ceiling, the ceiling, the ceiling. No, my love never had a meaning, a meaning. All right, hour two continues out of bounds. 654-ROAR is the number. We've talked a lot about the Clemson-South Carolina baseball series coming up. And that series is going to start tonight at 7.30 p.m. now. So they've pushed that start time back 90 minutes and uh, that means that Don Munson and Bob Mahoney will be emanating live from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. B 
beginning at 7 o'clock. That also is good news for Road Rage fans because Walt Abtula will be on now from 3 until 7 today instead of having to be preempted at 5.30. So uh, good news there is we're going to give you 13 hours of programming, including an hour and a half of bonus coverage that you didn't think you were getting today when you woke up this morning. So there we go. And uh, 12.30 pregame tomorrow afternoon for Clemson Baseball in Greenville and 1 o'clock pregame in Columbia for Clemson Baseball on Sunday. So just don't even like don't even open any other apps on your phone. You just need the 1055 the Roar app, you're good to go. Let's go to Cole in Clemson who patiently waited through the break and joins us right now. What's up, Cole? What's up, Paul? Doing great, man. Thanks for getting in. I I'm gonna keep it simple. I ain't, I ain't gotta talk about nothing, but I tell you what, man, we gotta have everybody at DCAS tonight. Your mamas, your brothers, your sisters, your grandma, your grandpa. We got to have a big crowd for them yard talks, man, because we got to get it done, baby. You know what? It's a it's a big game, I think, for momentum purposes. It's a big game to, you know, to kind of change the trajectory of the early season a little bit. I mean, being under five hundred after nine games, not that big of a deal. But it just it feels it feels way better to be five and four than it does to be four and five. And I'm also going to say it this way: I think the pressure in this series because of the way things go. The pressure is on the home team on Friday night because you don't want to be playing your one home game, losing, and then having to win twice away from your ballpark in the next two days. That's just not something that you want. So I've, I've always thought in this series that the home team has a lot of the onus. The road team is playing with house money in terms of winning this series. And so, yeah, from that standpoint, I think Clemson needs a good crowd and they need to play well. They need to play better. Um, that's the bottom line. Yeah, we got to be smarter on bag. We got to be better with runners on with less than two outs. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot better sense. with runners on and less than two outs. Three different situations where Clemson should have one inning where they scored a run on Tuesday. They lose by three. Three different situations. Uh, twice they struck out with runners on second, third, and and less than two outs. I think they had a, um, I think second, third, and one out both times they struck out. Two different guys. And then line into a double play with the bases loaded one out in another uh, in another half inning. So, yeah, I mean, some of it's going to be just a little bit better luck on batted balls. I mean, you know, they're they're smoking some balls right now that are getting caught and knocked down. And and uh, you know, South Carolina's a very good team, but um, as I said earlier, Clemson's got to be tired of every shortstop they play looking like Ozzie Smith out there. So, hope you know, hopefully for Clemson, a couple balls find their way through that are being knocked down at the moment. And uh, if you're a South Carolina fan, you're hoping that whatever's in the water for whoever plays Clemson continues because you're going to have gold glove performances all over the diamond if that's the case. And one more thing, and I'll let you go. This is all Clemson fans listening. We're going to be out there tailgating at 5 o'clock. We'll come on. We'll have cold cold drinks, food, cornhole out there behind home plate in the grass lot, man. Y'all come on. All right. I love that. The open invite, Cole. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Yes, sir. Man, that, Mike Vaughn, that takes some stones right there. Hey, that's good stuff. Give an open invite to the people. And and they're keeping their same tailgate time. They're there two and a half hours early tonight. I was gonna say, if they're there at five, they might be there in uh they might be there at like a hunker down, hanging out in cars, eating inside. I don't know, but uh I the, the weather it does not look promising for a while. The the good news is it does look like um, you know, by maybe six, six thirty, a lot of the bad weather has moved out. Hopefully. 
And so that's why a 7.30 start time is safe because then you can, like, get the tarp off the field. You can make sure the infield's in good shape, make sure everything's good to go. Gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of lead time there to, to make that happen. What's up with back-to-back Fridays with rain at Doug Kingsmore? Uh, um, Just part of the spring so, season. Yep, something in the air, man. Something in the air. It's, it's hard. Baseball, it, as an outdoor game, you got to play through some elements. There's some elements you just can't play through, though. That's right. Like a little bit of drizzle and wind. I actually think Eric Baggage is probably good with that. If it's like a little drizzle and wind, yeah, they're going to play. This this feels like a program, and I've not heard this straight from the horse's mouth. This feels like a program that's not going to ju- just be preemptively moving game times around if the if the weather is not like severe, severe, severe. Yeah, you're right. Because, um, you know, Eric Baggage has said publicly that he would have liked to have practices in worse conditions than what they had in January and February. He said it's been too warm. It's been too nice. We need to, like, be in the rain, but, like, give me a threat of snow or something. Now, I'll tell you what, Cole and some of his buddies, just in case it does get a little rough out there and they don't want to sit in their vehicles, they could come over to the Duckworth Family Tennis Facility at 5 o'clock where the Tiger men's tennis team will be taking on NC State today. So the 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 Cush 72-degree climate-controlled Duckworth Center will be an awesome place to wait out the rain delay. And uh, also dry. Absolutely. Climate-controlled and dry. That's right. Uh, the other scheduled change today is at McWhorter Stadium. We said this a little bit earlier, but um, Clemson softball not playing today. They were supposed to start their series with Syracuse this afternoon. They will now host a doubleheader tomorrow at 1 and 3, the scheduled start times. And so uh, you can use your Friday ticket for the 3 p.m. game tomorrow. So Saturday ticket is the 1 p.m. game. Friday ticket is the 3 p.m. game. And then uh, Sunday, there are a limited number of tickets available for you if you want to go for their noon start time in McWhorter Stadium on Sunday. 654-ROAR is the number, 654-7627. If you'd like to join us on the phone, 654-7627. Also, the number on the Adams & Co. Roofing text line. Uh, If you want to get in on the phones, I mean, listen, we've got a lot that we haven't discussed today. We have lots of college football news this afternoon. We got a lot of college football news this hit. I mean, Stetson Bennett uh, took the mic at the podium explaining why he'd rather not play in all-star games and talk to NFL teams, and he'd rather go knock on strangers' doors hammered at 6 in the morning in Dallas. Uh, So we had to explain that to teams this weekend. We've got rule changes in college football. NFL Combine's underway. We got some Pac-12 rumors. Ooh, we got some Pac-12 rumors and a Pac-12 coach extension. But first, let's go to the phones. Lindsey and Lawrence joins us right now. What's up, Lindsey? Not much. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Thanks for getting in. Uh, I just have a kind of a quick question. Um, with the way the last It's a good question. I, I have often thought that was a little bit overrated for the most part, and I'll, I'll say why in this instance I think it's true. I don't think this is a team that's played lifeless. I don't think this is a team that's lacked enthusiasm or energy. I just think it's a team that's not executing. 
Now, if it was a team that had a hard time starting and, you know, needed a little bit of a kick in the pants, maybe needed to, you know, needed a jolt of life into their dugout, I, you know, I would say maybe so. There, it's also a bit of a double-edged sword, and I'll go back to, um, I'll go back to the NC State game last weekend where the Tigers go to Raleigh and they go up 16-6 almost immediately. And Kevin Keats gets a technical in kind of a weird situation. Like, I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure what he was mad about. Uh, it did not stop the bleeding. In fact, it made things worse for NC State. So it's a bit of a calculated risk to do what you're saying. And I always think that, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying this is wrong, Lindsay. I think this is like a go-to for fans. Uh, fans like to see that their coach will get thrown out of a game every now and then. I especially think for Clemson fans, that's important because um, as I've, I've been telling people recently, and I think I'm going to stick with this, the default setting emotionally for a Clemson fan is grievance or aggrieved. Uh, and so you want to know that a coach is trying to, you know, file a grievance basically with the umpires, you know, because everybody's out to get you. Um, I, I don't think that's what this team is lacking. I think this team is lacking execution, and if Eric Baggett's in there in the dugout, I'm not sure that helps you. And, and I guess the other thing is, well, I still need some fans trying to expect that out of the baseball coaches. You know, Atlanta Braves, Bobby Cox, you know, so we kind of got that. The fan base has kind of gotten used to that, seeing like Bobby Cox going out there over the little thing and getting himself called. Yeah, you know what? That's right. And and Eric Backage, and I appreciate the phone call, Lindsay. Thank you. I, I don't think Eric Backage is quite um, – I don't think he's necessarily that way. Um, I've not even really seen him barking at umpires necessarily. Uh, he's, a, he's a little more of a quiet presence in the dugout. Um, and his, his staff has got a little bit of a quiet – I think uh, Jimmy Bellinger's maybe a little bit bigger personality in there. The way he talks to pitchers, I really enjoy the way he engages with them out on the mound. But this does not come across as a staff that is going to be um, – you know, that is going to be really engaged in that sort of stuff. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying he won't blow a gasket at some point. I'm sure he probably will. Most coaches do to some degree. But um, I, I just I – don't, I don't see that being his – I don't see that being his M.O., uh, he is more of a calm presence. Um, he also, I think, is trying to. And again, I, when I say stuff like this, I don't want to. I don't want to de- besmirch what was happening before he got here. But he is trying to establish a culture that very much like respects the game and what's going on in the game. I've had some conversations with him about that, and he's got a he's got a really good frame of mind about that. And he's trying to basically give energy and allow his team to give energy to the playing the game in an enthusiastic way, but stuff that's not involved in that. He's not really about, you know what I mean? And like I said, I don't think he's the type of personality that's going to just go out there and get himself tossed and suspended and fined and, uh, and just think that's going to work because again, I don't think this team is playing lifeless baseball. I don't think they need to be, kicked into gear I actually think it's an enthusiastic bunch I think they it's it's a group that has pretty good chemistry with one another they're just not executing well enough right now and you know maybe if things change maybe if you feel like they're just dead in a doornail at some point maybe that becomes a tactical advantage they can use I like I said I think that is more for fans that's like the Rick Barnes thing where like Rick Barnes trying to fight Dean Smith and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, did that, did that really help 
did it help Clemson or did it solidify the like his emotional connection to fans a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's that's more for fans than it is for players a lot of the time when people are doing stuff like that. I think you know trying to establish a culture the new culture at Clemson. I think there's a lot of great things that are happening. And and quote last week as I got to be at the ballpark for two of the games, I noticed some some great attention to detail and some things behind the scenes and just uh, this new culture. I think we're going to see things turn around real quickly. Maybe not this weekend, but hopefully this weekend. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. I'm telling you this, and I've I've been saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. This team will be very good by the end of the season. This culture will get established, and Clemson fans will be proud of them. I, I I firmly believe that with every fiber of my being, and I the results I like I don't care. I just don't care. The results don't matter to me because what they're building is lasting. They are doing it in a correct way that is not you know cutting corners and and sacrificing long term growth and program building for short term success. They want to have short-term success. They're not losing on purpose. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But I totally agree with you, Mike. This is this is a construction zone right now in the Clemson baseball program, and Clemson fans will like the building when it's done. Stay with us. Hour two continues. We'll go back to the phones. We'll read some text on the Abs Curving text sign, and we'll talk some other stuff next. Carolina Auto Connection, the little dealer with a big heart. Celebrating 14 years serving the upstate. With no haggle pricing and no dealer fees, their customers come from all over the world. They have the lowest prices on the best pre-owned vehicles. Their staff is straightforward and honest. All vehicles are 49-point inspected and serviced, so you can buy with confidence. Carolina Auto Connection, 1434, Boiling Springs Road, just off I-85 Spartanburg. Call 864-814-DEAL for an appointment or carolinaautoconnection.com. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. Race for the Green date is getting closer. It's March 11th. If you want to go ahead and sign up, you can do that. Sign up today while we still have some openings that guarantee you a T-shirt and a great swag bag. RunSignUp.com. We've got a fun run for the kids, 12 and under. Goes start at 8 o'clock. 5K starts right after that. You can walk that. And several people have said they want to walk the 5K. You can do that. Half marathon starts right after that. And remember, there's a four-hour time limit on that. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Julian Davis is going to roll up and give away a great prize for the best dress St. Patrick's Day theme. Music, live DJ, drawings for a beautiful emerald necklace from Bradley's Jewelers. Great swag every year, trucker's hats, race shirt, sesquicentennial medal just for completing any of the races. Cash prizes, you'll need to check the website for more information on that. Great giveaways for placing in your age division. I'd like to thank some sponsors, Upstate Medical Associates, 313 Cafe, where we do the package pickup, and Santee Cooper. You want to know more? Seneca SC events or the website at www.sc.com. Monica.sc.us.
Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. A Clemson original, the Tiger Sports Shop has been the number one destination for Tiger gear, apparel, and gifts since 1974. The Tiger Sports Shop helps you wear your Clemson pride on your sleeves. We are your excuse for a visit to Clemson. The Tiger Sports Shop, born out of necessity, fueled by passion. We are the place for all Clemson gear and merchandise and still family run. Open 24-7 at TigerSports.com and with locations at 364 College Ave and 1102 Tiger Boulevard. You can get the gear you need. Winning multiple Ford President's Awards and top-notch online reviews are two reasons why George Coleman Ford should be your choice for your next new or pre-owned vehicle. Every week, customers like you post online reviews raving about the buying experience at George Coleman Ford. It's like nothing they've experienced. No hidden fees and straight-up honest customer service. And with new inventory arriving monthly, George Coleman Ford is committed to satisfying you. The best is found in Traveler's Rest, George Coleman Ford. M&J Auto Parts is your local independent auto parts warehouse. If you have an import, domestic, or slingshot vehicle, we have the parts you need. With over 100 years of staff experience, we'll get you back on the road quickly and affordably. We have also partnered with Jasper Engines and Carrier of Country Off-Roading Parts. All parts carry a national warranty, so if a part fails, you are covered. Visit our warehouse, 106 West Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greer, or call us at 864-469-9389. We are here to help you. M&J Auto Parts skeptic about septic? Call the experts, the plumbing experts. Did you know your septic tank should be pumped every three to five years? With their maintenance plan, you don't need to worry. They take care of it. When it comes to septic tanks, prevention through routine maintenance is key. Their plumbers are fully trained, licensed, and qualified to provide the best experience the first time. So whether you need a pump or repair, don't be a skeptic on septic. Call the experts, the plumbing experts. Visit online at theplumbingexperts.com. They won't let you down. We are your locally owned Benjamin Moore retailer. We are your store for quality with brilliant and durable paints in a variety of sheens and thousands of colors. We are your store for service with one-on-one advice for contractors and homeowners. We're your local experts and we're here to help you with all your painting projects. Benjamin Moore. Come see us at Carter Color Company, 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson. Your sports, your hosts, your station. Second touchdown of the night. Got a little crease in between the tackles. Boy, does this kid look good. 105.5, 97.5. We're the roar, baby. continues out of bounds just in case you missed it uh breaking news the clemson and south carolina baseball game tonight at doug kingsmore stadium has been moved back from six o'clock to 7 30 first pitch time scheduled so a seven o'clock pregame right here on the roar so get excited for that people um anyway six five four roar is the number six five four seven six two seven text from eight six four says 
I know as a fan, I loved Rick Moore when he went after Dean. And that, that's what I'm talking about there. Like, like uh, I, I think that's more for fans and people at the ballpark than it is for players most of the time. And even if it is for players, it's a calculated gamble that sometimes doesn't work out. Like I, like I said, the most recent example that I can think of is Kevin Keats. Did that work? Because they were down 10 when Kevin Keats got teed up four minutes into the game and lost by 25 to Clemson. Didn't work. Um, we're going to get back to some college basketball later on in the show. But I'm I'm looking here. That there's, there's a couple of college football stories that are very interesting today. This is from Barrett Salee. Uh, and we talked a little bit about these rule changes that were coming down the pike a little bit. And there were three major rule changes that I would say three major ones and then one that's, you know, it's, it's kind of negligible for our purposes that have been uh, approved by the NCAA Football Rules Committee. Uh, there is one more s- step in the approval process. The NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel meets in April. They will likely approve these and then they will be ready for play in 2023. I just want to know what you think about them. 654 Roars the number, 654-7627. You want to join us on the phones or on the Adams Covering text line. Mike, I know you have thoughts on these. Uh, we'll take these, uh, we'll take these one at a time. Just get a quick thought on them. All right. Um, on first downs, okay. Now, college is different than the NFL in that on first downs, the clock stops until the ball is reset and then it winds and then if you go out of bounds there's you know there's different rules on that essentially the clock's stopping a lot on on first downs now uh the new rule will keep the clock running on first downs except during the final two minutes of the first half and the final two minutes of the game which brings college football in line with the nfl Mike, are you for or against this rule change? That one doesn't bother me. I'll, I'll go with that one. Um, here, here's the key on that one. You got to make sure the guys on your chain gang are well coordinated because they got to move a little bit quicker. I think originally that rule was there to give your chain gang time to get set up for the for the next first down. All right, so yeah, chain gang, Johnny on the spot, That's maybe right. put him through some mat drills, get them in shape by the time the, uh, by the, time the season send them, starts. Send them to the referee combine or something. You know, I, I, am of the, I am of the mind that college football doesn't need to become the NFL. It doesn't need to be a, uh, you know, a semi-professional enterprise. I mean, we talk about this in a lot of ways, in the NIL space and the, you know, everything else, the, the semi-pro nature of college football right now. I don't mind that it, you know, that you can catch the ball and put one foot down and it's a catch in the NFL. You need two higher level, higher level of skill. From a timing standpoint, here th- this is this is really what the rules, uh, the rules committee uh, is designed to do. They are trying to bring the game times down to about three hours. And they've been told by the powers that be, probably, and they've been told by the TV executives, they want everything in a neat and tidy three-hour package. Otherwise, I'll be honest, it is really frustrating right now. I don't know if anybody else feels this. I feel this. I feel deep frustration in my bones when there's a game at 12, and you're telling me another game is going to kick at 3 o'clock, and I know for a fact every single game is longer than three hours. Right. Why are we not extending those TV windows to 315? Well, 
The answer to that is, instead of extending the TV windows, they're going to try to shorten the game by a few minutes. And, and here's something I wish they would compromise on. I wish they would start the game on time instead of telling us, hey, it's a 12 o'clock game, but we're going to do the 25-minute pregame you know, with some more folks talking about what we've already heard. And the second thing is make an adjustment suitable for the advertisements. When you're at a live football game and you're sitting there and it feels like a, a timeout for a commercial is 10 minutes long. And so I think, and now I know we have to pay for the game. We have to pay for the, the uh, television and the radio and all that stuff. I'm not against that. I'm just saying if we're going to shorten the number of plays, and that's what some of these changes are going to do, then let's also make some adjustments to the advertising so that, that, that both are compromising. So, so what would you propose in that? Would you propose more shorter breaks? Shorter breaks and maybe the ad revenue has to go up per break or something. I don't know how you oh, adjust okay. that. So you've so, got you to make it all balance out. Okay, so you're basically saying – you just want fewer. You just want fewer commercials. If they're going to give me less, uh, less football plays in the game, then we need a few less commercials too. Well, and that's that's the rub, right? That's the right. rub. Um, Stuart Mandel actually has been tweeting about a couple of these things, and he's gotten some pushback. And he he made a good point. In fact, I just I want to read his I want to read his tweet because I I'm not sure I agree with his initial tweet on this. I, I think I'm sort of in between on his perspective and some other perspectives. Um, the other, but, but, but his, his follow-up I think is, is correct. And he says this, um, da, 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 da. I never understood why college stopped the clocks clock after first downs. I'm glad it's going away. Hopefully less games that have to kick off on the ESPN app because the ones before it run long. Here's the rub. Okay. This is interesting. I want my game that I'm watching, the game that I'm at, I want my game to be quick. Or, you know what? I've said another way, I don't really care about the time of my game. I care about the time of other games, and I really care if the game before me goes long. Yes. And so it is a little bit of that. Like, I, like I don't necessarily want – let me put it this way. I don't necessarily care if my game is five minutes shorter, but I really care if the game before mine is five minutes longer. If that makes sense. It does. It makes complete sense. So that's what Mandel said. Well, he's getting raked over the coals. Um, and and he he says he, he was getting a lot of people that pushed back against him. He's with the athletic, by the way. He was getting a lot of people pushed back him to say, well, you said, why don't we just shorten commercials? He says, sure, uh, there's a lot of commercials. But if you'd like your favorite team to be able to pay its coaches and fund the athletic department, you may need to sit through some TV commercials. That's the, I mean, that's the game that we're playing here. Yeah, and all I'm asking is suitable compromise there, a balance between the two. Don't don't take, if, if you're going to save some time, don't take it all away from the game itself. Well, and, and he says later, okay, did not expect this to be a controversial take about stopping the clock after first downs. And this is why he says that. Besides targeting, which, well, we can get into that. The length of games is the thing I hear fans complain about most. They're actually doing something about it. And you know what? On a base level, that's true. We have said repeatedly, and I think everybody agrees, the games are, they, they are, they are too long. They're too long. They need to be a little bit shorter. And as, as Mandel says, that's a constant refrain from fans. Now, again, I think that's more about not my game that I'm watching. My game that I'm watching can be as long as, as it is. I mean, it could be as long as anything. 
But the game before mine and the game after mine and the games around it, I need them to be kind of neat and tidy. There you go. You know? Um, and Mandel kind of goes into this. He's had some he's had some tweets on this. Uh, he also said this. This goes to your point. Per some quick research, NFL and college games both average around 70 30-second commercials per game. So on the average, NFL and college broadcasts, you're, you're getting the same amount of commercial inventory. But NFL broadcasts are 20 to 30 minutes shorter. Huh. So what there's... What they're saying is, there's a, there's also, I mean, you could say, I know Tim Bray's got in with this a couple times when we talked about it, shortening halftime from 20 to 15 minutes. Right. Which would impact the band. It would impact some of your on-field pageantry of college football, but that also brings it in line with the NFL. So, that's five minutes right there that's added to college that the NFL doesn't have. But that being said, I, I do kind of, like, if you're saying the games are too long, you can't deny that these changes are going to make the games shorter, right? Right. Um, Mel Carrick Keith said, 60-yard pass, the linemen are going to have to book it. Here's what I'd say to that. I think one of the reasons you can get away with this change is because teams are not walking to the line and huddling and using the entire play clock these days anyway. So you can get the clock moving or keep the clock moving cause their condition to run up to the line and get a signal and snap the ball with 15 on the play clock. Anyway, that's a good point. A lot of offenses right now. Let me ask you this: quote. Does it make a difference to you on on a game going long, whether you're in your recliner at home or whether you're on the bleacher at the stadium? Um, no. Here's what I don't like: I, I really, I really like games that end before the next game begins. I just do. I feel that way about college basketball right now, and sometimes it's overtime. Sometimes Auburn and Alabama are playing a thriller, and you got to watch Texas and TCU with 10 minutes left in the first half. So, I, like, I get it. I understand it. And you know what? We're in a better spot to deal with that right now than we ever have been because you can get on the ESPN app and watch your game until the channel picks it up. You can go and see the first – like, think about this. 10, 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't just go on an app necessarily – and look at uh, a full catalog of games everywhere and pick up yours and get the feed before that game's over, you couldn't go to ESPN News instead of ESPN2 to get the first part of your game. Like, that, that's, that's not a thing. You just had to sit there and wait. Like, I'm old enough to remember the sit-there-and-wait days. Well, what about the days where a game would get cut off because it's time for 60 minutes and we're not changing the schedule for overtime for this football game because there's more important news items? You remember when we only had three big networks and stuff like that would happen. That's right. So that's that's probably the most controversial one. Um, that That's probably the most controversial one. And I know, folks, we're, we're going to read some text on this a little bit later on. Um, no consecutive timeouts, so you can't ice the kicker more than once. I'm down with this. Yeah. I'm totally down with yeah, this. that's fine. Uh, untimed penalties, so you don't get untimed downs at the end of the first and third quarters, only at the end of half and end of game. I'm down with that. That makes sense. I mean, I don't think that's going to matter all that much. but And then there's also, um, during games in which there isn't a replay official in the booth, on-field officials will have optional replay to use available video after a coach's challenge. So nobody in the booth, they can go over and – get under the hood and we're make gonna the have to, We're going to have to come themselves. back to that one maybe. I've got a, I've got a question on that one. Um, and then drones are not going to be allowed over the playing surface when teams are on the field, and teams will not be able to warm up ahead of the second half until the field, field is cleared 
So they've sort of clarified those uh, those rules. Anyway, yeah, I think the running clock on first downs is the main one, and they're hoping that it'll save a few minutes every college football game. And again, I know that people would like for less commercials, but at the very least, you're going to get some shorter football games this year, I think. Hour three, we got more nonsense next. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5 Spartanburg. We are the roar. We've all been there, rushing to the restroom in a public place, and bam, you're hit with that out-of-order sign. Business owners know this story all too well. Don't let this be your patron's problem. Leave it to the plumbing experts. Timing is everything in the business world, and you don't want to lose business because your customers can't do theirs. Call the plumbing experts for maintenance or unexpected plumbing issues. They've got your back. Visit theplumbingexperts.com 